Welcome. To appreciate this episode of the Not Your Normal Social-Emotional Learning Podcast, you'll need to be familiar with The Wizard of Oz, which you probably are. You know, it's the classic story about overcoming obstacles, written by Frank L. Baum and released as a movie starring Judy Garland in 1939. Hello, Nini White here, your host of the Not Your Normal Social-Emotional Learning Podcast. The first time I saw The Wizard of Oz, um, when I was a very young kid, I was amazed and astounded. There was so much magic in the movie with so many magical creatures and events. It was an over-the-top, fun-to-watch movie. Later in my life, when I watched it with friends and then with my own children, I began to appreciate the meaning and implications of the symbols weaved within and throughout the magic of the story. The story begins with a very young Dorothy embroiled in a frustrating and frightening problem, which involved her beloved dog and a very grouchy neighbor. Dorothy's solution was to run away, run away from home to escape her problem. Well, we all know, even though we sometimes don't admit with great enthusiasm, we all know that running away from our problems or ignoring our problems or denying our problems is no solution at all. Problems and challenges always manage to find us and continue to hound us until we acknowledge them, face them, and do what's required to solve and overcome them. So it's no surprise that soon after running away, Dorothy's problems became even more intense. In steps Glinda, the good witch of the North. Glinda waves her magic wand and directs Dorothy to the Emerald City, where the Wizard of Oz resides, and surely he will provide a magical solution for Dorothy. Dorothy heads ever so optimistically down the yellow brick road and gathers a few traveling companions who also have need of magical solutions for their challenges. Yeah, not really. And that's what I love about this story. There is a happy ending for Dorothy, her dog, the scarecrow, the tin man, and the lion, but not the ending they were hoping for. Instead, something much better happened. They discovered that they had their own solutions within themselves all along. They just required the kinds of circumstances, challenges actually, that would draw out their hidden strengths and qualities. (laughs) Where, oh where, you ask, can I possibly be going with this story in the context of young children's social-emotional learning? Well, you see, I discovered in my 20 plus years of teaching, excuse me, that kids actually want and need to discover their most reliable and usable solutions to their own challenges. And they need them to be drawn out of themselves. They don't get much long-term value from solutions that are told to them or sung to them or written on posters for them. There are many ways to draw out the most constructive solutions from children, solutions they'll actually use. Give them projects, preferably team team projects, that they'll all care about to one degree or another. These projects can be plays, building a boat from scratch, 
organizing for a community service project. For very young children, such massive projects are a little less tenable. But young children definitely enjoy, engage, enjoy engaging in problem-solving discussion groups. To keep those groups moving towards ends that hold kids' interest and bring out their most empathetic, constructive, and collaborative instincts for everyone's well-being and happiness, the right kinds of questions are essential. What are the right kinds of questions? Or as the Wizard of Oz provided for Dorothy and her friends, what are the right kinds of challenges? Well, for one, the right kinds of questions have to engage young minds to think and explore and connect in ways that are fresh, that make sense, that are relevant, but are not entirely predictable. And of course, it goes without saying that the right kinds of questions must be open-ended and non-leading, because if they're not open-ended and non-leading, then they wouldn't be very respectful now, would they? And who's going to remain engaged with a challenge that's not really worth the bother, right? So bottom line, the only time any of us feel truly good and deserving of solutions to our biggest challenges is when we work out our own solutions. You know, I'd rather do it myself mentality. Deep down in our hearts, we all know that's true. Even if a giant part of us just wants the wizard to fix everything and make the problems and the annoying people go away. Character, critical thinking skills, and spontaneously considerate responses are not developed by memorizing other people's solutions. Which is not to say that parents and teachers should not be guiding and instructing young children about what, what is right from what's wrong or harmful. But instructions need to be integrated with legitimate opportunities for children to analyze, hypothesize, and arrive at their own conclusions in collaboration with peers to achieve real ownership of the solutions that will, deep down, mean the most to them, therefore actually get used when real life presents those, those pesky challenges and problems. I've been speaking a little abstractly up until now, so if you'd like to see some examples of the kinds of questions I'm describing in relation to a wide variety of challenges typical to preschoolers, kindergartners, and first graders, check out uh, the website kidsownwisdom.com. If you have any questions after noodling around on the site, there's a handy-dandy contact form to, to reach out and communicate, and I promise there is nothing we'd like more than to connect with you around these powerful and very timely ideas. The world needs children who can think creatively and constructively and think clearly and analyze constructively and critically. The world needs those kinds of children. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. It boosts our visibility to make it easier for other early childhood educators to find us. Okay, thanks. Until next time.